Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to worship. It is great to be here with you. I, I missed uh, uh, the, several of the last few weeks. I was here last Sunday and, and just kind of shared some of what our family was doing over, over the handful of weeks that, that we were gone. We uh, really enjoyed some uh, precious uh, uh, downtime together uh, as a family, as well as uh, uh, some fun as a church camp pastor for uh, little like elementary school kids uh, that, that my kids were a part of that camp. Uh, but it, it, it is so good uh, to be back in community uh, with you. I, I really missed you. I am thrilled uh, to be back uh, starting year two as a senior pastor of Troy United Methodist Church. It's really, really uh, good to be here. Well, yesterday morning, uh, uh, we had uh, a special time of, of several uh, journey group leaders getting together, uh, both uh, current leaders and folks who are uh, interested in possibly uh, uh, becoming journey group leaders uh, later uh, in the fall and uh, into the future. But we had a special training time for those leaders led by uh, some really good friends of mine from uh, my previous church. They came down and brought their kids and we spent a few days together. I ate way too much food. Fourth of July and then friends visiting. Bad combination. Uh, but uh, lots, of, lots of food. I'm a little rolly today, but that's okay. But they, anyway, our, my friends, they, they taught these journey group leaders. Uh, they taught us uh, some of the hallmarks, some of the, the cornerstones of, of Christian community. Uh, they, they taught us that, that biblical, godly community is first and foremost God-centered, uh, but that it is also authentic, uh, where you're just real, where the masks come down, you're just real about uh, doubts, struggles, fears, concerns, joys, all, everything. Uh, and, and that uh, biblical Christian community is also inclusive, that it's, it's open and welcoming to anybody who is uh, desiring to be a part of the family of God. And, and so, uh, uh, so they, they shared about that. And, and honestly, uh, that, that God-centered, authentic, uh, um, inclusive community, it's what I missed while we were gone on vacation. And, and so it is, it is really good to be back. But uh, it's that kind of community that makes this, this church uh, family so meaningful uh, for so many people in so many ways. Uh, I, uh, while I was gone, I had gotten a little um, a message uh, that um, uh, some members of our church family were moving. Uh, a new job was taking them out of the area, and it was happening really rapidly. And so uh, last Sunday, I was able to talk with them, and, and, and they, they shared just like with, with some tears in their eyes just that you know, of all the things they're going to miss, that they're their church family. This, this biblical, godly community is what they're going to miss the most. And, and that, that, that happens uh, so frequently. You just get connected to, to the, the love of your church family so deeply that, that that's, that's hard uh, to be separated from. And it is so important for us as a church family uh, to regularly uh, remember and reflect upon the Bible's instructions about uh, what it means to, to be in community together as a church family. So that's what we're uh, dedicating this uh, next uh, message series uh, to, which is really uh, uh, meant to challenge us and encourage us and inspire us to new heights of love about what it means to be a part of the church family of Troy United Methodist Church. 
Um, and it's all packed into one series. We're calling it One Another. Uh, the, the name comes from a common command in the New Testament. Did you know that um, in the New Testament of the Bible, which is kind of, uh, you know, Jesus' life and beyond, um, it, the New Testament of the Bible, uh, over 50, there are over 50 commands, one another commands or each other commands, uh, just in the New Testament alone, for Christians to follow in their relationship with each other. Uh, Christians, there are, are, there are 27 uh, unique meanings out of those 50. Some of them are repeated. Some of them are essentially the same meaning, even though they might use slightly different words. But there are at least 27 unique meanings among all of these one another and each other commands. Here, here are, are some of them. Be at peace with one another. Be devoted to one another, honor one another, live in harmony with one another, stop passing judgment on one another, accept one another, instruct one another, greet one another, serve one another, uh, carry one another's burdens, be kind and compassionate to one another, bear with each other, uh, speak highly of your pastor to each other. Uh, just keeping you on your toes. All right, you're with me. Uh, forgive one another, uh, submit to one another, teach one another, confess your sins to each other, encourage one another, build one another up, rebuke one another, uh, do not slander one another, don't grumble against each other, pray for one another. Uh, and our focus for today, the most repeated one another command and the most famous and all-encompassing one of them all, love one another. As you can see, the Bible has a lot to say about how it is that we live our life together in the church. So, so as we kick off this series, I want to just kind of lay a foundation. I, I, I want to share the goal, our goal for the next five weeks in this series, and also share with you a little bit of the why uh, behind, that, behind it all. Let's get on the same page here. Uh, so feel free to follow along in your message notes. Here's our goal, pure, purely and simply. Uh, our goal uh, to, to learn and grow, to be inspired and challenged, to be Jesus to one another. That's our goal. We want to learn and be inspired and grow to be Jesus to one another. When we treat each other the way Jesus would, we will surely fulfill our mission as a church of not only inviting people on a journey with Jesus, but growing as wholehearted followers of Jesus. That's why we exist as a church, to see those things happen. And when we live out these one another's and these each other commands, uh, then we will be helping people become more and more like Jesus. Now, now just to be clear, I, I, as a part of this church for the last year, I already see you living out so many of these one another and each other commandments, but I believe wholeheartedly that God can take us uh, to new levels of loving one another, of wrapping our arms around one another and showing each other Jesus. And I trust that when we step beyond our, our, our present day uh, comfort zones and we love our brothers and sisters uh, in Christ within the church, we will see lives radically transformed by God's grace. Uh, I believe that with my whole heart. I've, I've, I've seen it. I've experienced it. Hey, the, truth, the truth is none of us 
can become wholehearted followers of Jesus in isolation. Uh, the Lone Ranger is a classic TV show, but it is a very, very bad strategy for becoming uh, a wholehearted follower of Jesus. Living the Christian life requires at least 27 different one another's. You, you can't do that. You can't live that out in isolation. And, and you want to know what's, what's really cool. This is, what, what, uh, this is part of the why behind uh, how important it is to live uh, these one another commandments out in community. This is really cool. If we live it out, um, if we live out these one another's and each other's in our life together as a church, then guess what will happen? I mean, not only will we become more wholehearted followers of Jesus, which is pretty awesome in and of itself, but, but our life together will become a light to the world around us. Uh, and those who are not yet Christ followers, they will be compelled by our life together. And they'll want it for themselves. It'll make our mission of inviting people on a journey with Jesus so much easier. <laughs> so, so much more compelling. That's what happened in the early church. That's, and it still happens today. You know, you can invite your friends and your family and your coworkers to come to Troy UMC and hear great music, hopefully a solid message each week. But when, but when your friends and your family, when others on the outside, when they experience God-centered, authentic, and inclusive community, friends, that seals the deal. That's, that's revolutionary. That's where the magic happens. That's where lives change and people experience the, the, the love of Jesus deeply and profoundly and personally. Uh, I, I sincerely believe that and have, and have had a taste of that in the last year, being a part of this church family. So, uh, so, so let's talk about loving one another. Uh, the command to love one another um, uh, shows up in the New Testament uh, at least 15 times, uh, five of which come directly from the mouth of Jesus himself. Uh, but the place that it shows up most in the New Testament is in the, the short book uh, toward the back of the Bible called uh, 1 John. It was originally a letter uh, that the uh, disciple, then apostle John, uh, wrote uh, and shared with, uh, with the early church. And it's located uh, toward the back of the Bible. Like I said, you can easily miss it because it's only five chapters long. Uh, but, but I'd like to share uh, and take some time this morning to study some of what 1 John says to us about loving one another. Uh, I, I really like uh, the book of First John because it is a it is a no bull, uh, I'll say no bulloni uh, book. Uh, it's, it, it takes no prisoners. Um, I was at a prayer seminar a couple of years ago where uh, the preacher made this comment uh, that, that stuck with me. He said that intentions without actions equal squat. Intentions without actions equal squat. He quoted a famous contemplative monk, Thomas Merton, who said it in a much nicer way. He said, desire without discipline is an illusion. In other words, in the grand scheme of things, unless you do it, unless you follow through, uh, then, then really that indicates that you really don't have a desire to do it. The book of 1 John is just as direct in the first two chapters of 1 John, we read several conditional statements. Um, if we do this, then we know this is true. 
if-then statements. Listen to some of these. Uh, remember, this is a no baloney book. Uh, uh, verse 6 of chapter 1. If we claim to have fellowship with God and yet walk in the darkness, we lie. And we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Uh, verse 9. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim to have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Uh, chapter 2, uh, verse 3. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Verse 5. But if, if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we are, we know we're in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus lived. Uh, you can see here that this book is, it just goes right for the guttural, doesn't it? And it is, there's no messing around here. If you love God, you obey his commands. If you don't obey his commands, then you don't really love him. Uh, the rubber really meets the road in this next example. Uh, chapter 2, verse 9. And it really applies to life together in the church. Those who claim to be in the light but hate a fellow believer are still in the darkness. Those who love their fellow believers live in the light. In other words, if you hate another in the church, then, then you're in spiritual darkness. The light of Christ is not in you. And as we continue in 1 John, we, we find more of these teachings that, that don't mince words, that get right to the heart of the matter. And then we get this summarizing statement in chapter 3, uh, verse 11. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. Love. We should love one another. This passage actually goes on to say that the proof of our salvation is in our love for one another. Uh, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. If any one of you has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in you? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. There it is again. It's not just about our intentions or our words. It's about our actions. And the primary action of love is to lay down our lives for one another. Love means sacrifice. Um, it, it means setting aside your own wants, uh, your own desires for the sake of someone else. Love is the antithesis of selfishness, of, of uh, uh, self-focus. It, it, love is others-focused. Uh, Troy UMC, I, I just have to say that in the last year, I have witnessed you love one another sacrificially time and time again. You saw a couple examples on the, uh, uh, from the video earlier. 
Um, I, I've been fortunate enough to be the recipient of that love uh, several times, many times, and uh, by God's grace, uh, the giver of that love, uh, too. Uh, there have been several times where I've seen you provide uh, for someone else in the church very practically, uh, in uh, material types of ways, very specific needs. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, bringing someone who isn't able to drive uh, to church with you. Uh, that happens uh, quite often here. Uh, giving financially to the local ministry fund, which we took a special offering for last week that, that, that uh, supports and makes it possible for some of our attenders to get, uh, who can't afford it, to get much needed counseling or to pay for rent or utilities uh, or in one case, a hotel room so a member didn't have to sleep in his car for a couple of weeks until his apartment was ready. Uh, one member of ours recently took another um, a less mobile member uh, groceries uh, to his home, and, and she ended up falling, uh, tripping over something while she was in the home uh, there and ended up having to go to the hospital herself where more uh, members of our church loved on her and supported her and her family while she was there and as she continues in rehab, while uh, uh, yet another member uh, did the grocery runs for the original recipient of love. Uh, you have taken meal upon meal upon meal to those who were in need within our church. Many of you have provided uh, funeral dishes hundreds of times over uh, and encouragement to go along with it for families in grief. Uh, you have mown grass for each other. Uh, the handyman ministry as a part of our church has served uh, several of you in very practical ways. There are so many ways. Uh, maybe God will show you some ways that you can love one another within our church family in very practical, material ways uh, to help a, another member of our church family. Uh, there have also been countless times when you have been there to provide emotional support uh, for, uh, or encouragement for someone within our church family who's going through a, a difficult time. Uh, I've been impressed uh, with those who encourage each other through our card ministry. Has anyone here uh, received just like the overflow of cards uh, a couple of times? Uh, a handful of you have. Uh, uh, yeah, more, more than a handful of you have. And I've personally, uh, our family has benefited uh, from that. I remember uh, about a year ago, we were brand new here, and my daughter had a, a pretty extensive uh, surgery on her um, uh, upper jawline, and we started getting all these cards from people in the church, and and I was like, where? How? I don't even know this person, <laughs> and yet, and and it just uh, just overflowed uh, into our mailbox, and was such a blessing. And and uh, Carolyn Catalano uh, has our director of connections and care has been integral in just really. Um, making that the impact that it has been along with our care team. And uh, many of you have seen uh, Carolyn's announcement that she is semi-retiring and, and stepping away from her position uh, here at our church at the end of this month. And uh, we're going to miss Carolyn uh, greatly. She's uh, still going to be an active member in the church and active in the music ministry, but she is uh, following her original and lifelong passion of teaching violin, uh, stepping up and doing uh, more of that. Uh, but, uh, but there are plenty of times when uh, you've uh, encouraged people in other ways, like visiting each other in the hospital, um, uh, sitting with one another in waiting rooms, 
taking meals to somebody as a follow-up to them being in the hospital and, and just being there for support uh, during difficult times. Uh, I've seen you come around each other through failing health, uh, loneliness, even depression, uh, divorce, cancer, the loss of parents or spouses or friends and other tragedies. You know, being there to pray with each other when life seems too hard to pray for yourself. And that's, that's love. And those opportunities to love, uh, they, are, they are all around us. They're sitting in your row. They're sitting across the aisle. Those opportunities to love are, are, are there. You have heard this message from the beginning. Love one another. You know, it is loving when you forgive each other and, and welcome back those who have maybe broken trust in the past. There's forgiveness and, and grace abounding in godly community. Um, and although some of us might not see it as love in the moment, when you uh, rebuke or, or challenge each other, spurring one another on to deeper faith in God, that is loving. Hate, hate would take the easy way out and not confront. But when you set aside your own comfort to confront another in friendship, that, that's, that's love. Um, you know, if hate is the opposite of love, then, then maybe... Like the scripture said, it's hateful to see another from your church family, a brother and sister in Christ who ha has an important practical need and, and not try to meet it. Uh, maybe it's hateful to ignore the emotional needs of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, if hate is the opposite of love, maybe holding a grudge or being unwilling to forgive someone is hateful. Uh, maybe not confronting harmful behavior or, or avoiding uh, the deeper questions just so you don't have to bother yourself with awkward um, and, and uh, uncomfortable conversation. Maybe that's hateful, too. Now, this kind of love isn't easy. Uh, nobody said that, that Jesus' most uh, central command uh, to love one another, nobody said that that, that, that was going to be easy. Uh, but the book of 1 John uh, shows us uh, the, the deeply profound truth that, that we can't do this out of our own selves, but that the source of this love comes from one greater than us. Chapter 4, starting at verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Love, love doesn't come from ourselves. It, it comes from God, and we're only really able to love because God first loved 
us through Jesus Christ. We, we've been set free from sin, from, from selfishness, from self-focus. Here, here, here's what's really cool. You know, the, the gospel, a lot of times uh, when we define the gospel, like Jesus saved us from our sins. He set us free from our sins. And that's true. That's the first part. But, but we're not just saved from something. The amazing news is we're actually saved for something. We're saved from our sin. We're saved for love. We're saved to love one another. We've been set free to love uh, in a supernatural kind of way that lays down our lives for each other, that is countercultural, that, that is sacrificial. God, God's love is the source of that. First John goes on to say, we love because he first loved us. If we say lo we love God yet hate a brother or sister, we are liars. For if we do not love a fellow believer whom we have seen, we can't love God whom we have not seen. And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love one another. You saw some of the examples of that love in uh, the video earlier. You've heard some of the examples that I've shared. Uh, well, we have a couple more of those examples on video that, that I'd like to share with you that people shared last, last Sunday during our picnic. Um, but I just want to say that for every person who we caught on video, there are dozens, dozens of other stories of people's experience of being loved in this church community. And so just check this out. And then I want to make a, a couple invitations to you. This is a table talk with Tina, and I'm here with, uh, with my friend Corey. Now I'm going to ask Corey a question. Um, Corey, could you tell me about a time in your life when the church helped you through a tough situation? You can hold it if you want. Sure. <laughs> uh, about four years ago, I was uh, struggling with going to church or not, and then Natalie Carlson drew me into children's ministry, and that is exactly the thing that I needed to pull me back. Awesome. Thanks. Hey, everybody. This is Table Talk with Tina, and I'm here with Isabel right now. I'm going to ask her a question. She's going to give me a fantastic answer. Um, Isabel, can you tell me about a time in your life when the church helped you through a tough situation? Um, yes, actually, um, it was when my mother died, and uh, my mother and I shared a birthday. So we were born on the same day, uh, June 2nd, so just a month ago. And uh, so we had a very special bond, and um, she was uh, very sick for a short time, very seriously sick, but for a short, fairly short time. She'd been perfectly well before that, and then 45 days of intensive care, and, and finally she died. And being a nurse in the family, I was very, um, had a lot on my shoulders because everybody was looking to me for answers and there were no answers and it's a very devastating time in my life. It was devastating on a personal level, on a professional level because we couldn't, we couldn't fix her. And um, so it was, it was definitely difficult and I really mourned for a long time. And I could not, I still mourn really every day, but um, I really didn't start mourning until after she had died because I was so busy trying to figure out what was going on and be a support to my family. There were three ladies in the church, and we hadn't been in this church very long. It was Donna Nelson, 
and Jeannie Parsons and Rita Brandt. And they rallied around me, didn't know me well, but they were my support system, and I will never forget the help that they gave me, just listening mostly, and just being there for me, meant, meant more than they'll ever know. And it helped me get through a very, very difficult situation. Thanks, Isabel. I'm here with Sharon Jackson, and I'm going to ask Sharon a question. Sharon, can you tell me about a time in your life where the church helped you through a difficult situation? Sure. Uh, it's kind of hard to narrow down since we've been part of this church family for 33 years. But this is our family. When something is good, it's celebrated. When we have new grandbabies, everybody rejoices. When I was pregnant 32 years ago with my last child, it was announced from the pulpit before anyone else knew. But the greatest, greatest joy has been the last two years when there's been so much difficulty in our life and our family. In May, my daughter-in-law was diagnosed with uh, small cell lung cancer, and she's been through chemotherapy for two years. And then the next month, it was my twin sister, and she had breast cancer. And there have been various other times, but my greatest joy is my Bible study, my Monday afternoon Bible study, my sisters of all ages, that we love and support each other, and when there's a problem, we're always there. And we become Thank you, Sharon. Thanks so much. You know, how, how can you not be uh, encouraged and inspired by people who have just been loved on in the midst of challenging times? Th those are just some of examples of what it means to do life together in the church, and those uh, are examples of you loving one another. And I just have to tell you, it's for each of these people and, and many more, it's not just a one-way street, you know, where, where you're a part of a church family and... and you know, you go through a difficult time and, and, and you're loved on. It's, it's a two-way street. Like Each of those who, who I mean, you, you look at those people on the screen, those of you who know them, you've experienced love from them, haven't you? Um, and, and, and they have been loved. They've experienced the love of Jesus Christ and turned right around and been the love of Jesus Christ to others. It is a two-way street. Um, and, and being a part of God-centered, authentic, and inclusive community you know, for me, it, it's like a glimpse of heaven. It, it, it's a taste. It's a, a foretaste and a taste of what God intended for humanity from the very beginning. Um, and, and we at Troy UMC, we are blessed to get to experience that kind of community. And, and, and I hope and pray that you experience that too. Uh, maybe some of you have uh, kind of been checking things out from a safe distance um, you know, you, you show up, you, you, you love the music, you, you, you enjoy the message, uh, but you've not really yet connected in, in real relationships with others. Uh, give yourself the best gift that you could possibly give yourself and get connected in community. So this is what I want you to do. Um, here's your invitation. Take, take your uh, connections card 
Uh, it's in your bulletin. We haven't taken the offering yet, so you should still have it. Um, and first off, if you've not ever filled one of these out, uh, please do that. Uh, we would love to just uh, say hi in a more formal way. Um, and, but but here's, here's the two specific invitations. First, I want to invite you to get connected to a journey group here at Troy UMC. Uh, that's where you can best love others and be loved by others. Uh, most of those stories from the video... Um, occurred because people were already in community with one another, not just showing up on Sunday mornings, but involved in each other's lives in other ways, such that they could be supported and encouraged through a difficult time. And if you're not presently connected to a journey group, uh, we want to help you find just the right fit as we kick off several new groups in the fall. Uh, so just a couple, you know, a month and a half from now, uh, many new groups are going to be starting. So, so this is your opportunity. Uh, write out your information, and then on the back, my next step today is uh, check that box. Grow by joining a journey group, and we'll follow up with you and uh, try to find uh, the right fit, especially as we anticipate several new groups coming up. Uh, but uh, maybe this is your first time worshiping with us. Perfect, welcome, great timing to get connected. Uh, but this could be your hundredth, or thousandth, or two thousandth. Uh, time uh, worshiping together with the Troy United Methodist Church family. Perfect time for you too. Uh, I tell you, you cannot live out these one another's in isolation. Uh, so, so let us help you uh, become a wholehearted follower of Jesus by getting connected to a journey group. I believe you'll not only find friends, but possibly life-changing, eternity-changing kinds of friends. And, and one more invite. Uh, maybe you liked what you heard about the way that, that our church loves one another. I know I have. Uh, uh, maybe you have too. And, and some of you uh, may be newer to the church or been here for a while and, and never really said, hey, I want, this is my church. Uh, so I want to invite you to consider becoming a, a, a member of the church. Uh, we have a membership class coming up in about a month. It'll be right after our final worship service, lunch, and, and uh, a time of kind of teaching about what it means to be a member of the church. And and I want to invite you to that. And one of the amazing things, the things that I love about our church so much is that the love isn't just kind of kept here. We've been loved so much by God that, that it just overflows uh, into outreach and mission in our community. In fact, some, some folks will be putting together uh, sandwiches for a meal program, uh, uh, just serving uh, uh, kids in the community, uh, over 100. I think uh, a couple weeks ago, we served over 130 uh, lunches to kids in the community. So that, that's just one example of, of dozens of examples of a mission and outreach beyond us, sharing the love of God as a light to the world. Uh, but uh, but let's, uh, let's prepare. Actually, let's stand together and, and pray as we prepare our hearts to, to worship uh, through offering and, and song. Uh, Father in heaven, uh, let me just pause uh, just to say thank you for the Troy United Methodist Church family. God, thank you for these amazing stories of, of love being freely shared with one another because of the love that, that you've shown us already. Lord, would you continue to teach us how to lay down our lives for one another just as you lay down your life for us. By your grace, may we be inspired to truly love And Father, I also just want to pray for those uh, who are here who maybe are at a point where they, they just need an extra shower of your love. They're walking through a dark valley, um, 
maybe in outward circumstances, maybe just in inward ones. God, would you help the rest of us see with your eyes to reach out to love one another and to give and receive the kind of, of love that, that comes from you in our faith community. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would move, move each of us to take these next steps of doing life together in the church, this church that you have so richly blessed with God-centered, authentic, and inclusive community over the years. Thank you, Jesus, for making that possible. And, and, and the offering that we have an opportunity to give uh, sacrificially for, God, would you take it, multiply it for, for the sake of the ministry here that works out love, love upon love to each other and to the world beyond us. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.